one. There it is. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody. It's uh, unusual that we're here on a Thursday at 11, but uh, we're going to have a great time with some awesome guests. Tune in. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. I love that song. What can I say? It's fun. It gets me going. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Before we jump in, I just want to quickly ask everybody who's listening, everybody who's watching, whatever it is, wherever it is that you are, stop for just one second, open up a new tab, open up a new window, head over to YouTube and search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button. I think I saw this morning that I'm at 83 subscribers. I need 17 more to get me to 100 subscribers so I can get my custom URL and I can go to, I can tell y'all to go to youtube.com slash practicing poly a. I'm really excited about that. 17 more subscribers. And if there's any other uh, social media that you'd like to follow me on, please do so. I'm on social media everywhere at practicing poly a. So I uh, would love to have you all follow me on all of those wherever it is. I'm trying to put out as much content in all these different places as possible. So uh, yeah, would love to, if, if you, if you follow me there. Um, also to remind everybody, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest on the show. If you're actively polyamorous or if you're just polyam curious, I want to hear your story. If you're a professional serving the polyamorous community, I want to hear your story. If you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever, however you identify, I want to hear your story because the fact of the matter is the more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us and the better we can serve our community. All right, there we are. So let me just quickly introduce, introduce, introduce our guests. Uh, our guest today, well, one of them anyway, is a psychic clairvoyant Reiki practitioner right here in San Diego. Whoop, whoop. They are joining us today with their partner to talk about their polyam journey and how it has increased their energies and changed their lives. I'm super excited to speak with someone local in the area and to hear all about this couple's journey. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show Mayuri and Victory. <laughs> gotta get the energy up <laughs> all right well thank you both so much for joining me today uh really appreciate you being here um let's just start it off i'll i'll, I'll start with uh mayuri since you're the one that that filled out the content and you are our local reiki practitioner clairvoyant all this stuff tell me a little bit about your journey um when did you find out about polyamory uh and what is what is your energy around polyamory mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question um i found out about polyamory like 14 years ago i had a partner um at the time and he was like hey i'm polyamorous like i have other partners like i really want you to meet them and i was like what what is that what does that mean and he was like yeah you know like I like to date like multiple people at the same time. And, um, 
yeah, I, you know, got to meet his other partner and she was amazing. And, you know, just the idea of like being able to share love with more than one person, being able to have more than one sexual partner to explore um, BDSM with, like at the time that was really alluring to me, like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. like I could, I can have more than one person in my life. I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I love that. So yeah, so that's kind of like where it started for me. And like, very cool. My, yeah, my energy around polyamory is like um, letting my partners be exactly who they are and like being able to get my needs met in more than one place and not forcing one partner to be everything to me, I would say is like my energy around polyamory. Yes. Yes, yeah. I love that. Victory, same question to you. Meow. Um, meow. <laughs> there, I, I, I meow a lot. Uh, got it, got it. <laughs> I was introduced to polyamory through the ecstatic dance community. Um, that oh. Was in 2014. So seven years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. And my partner, someone I really wanted to date was polyamorous. And he told me he wouldn't date me because of my jealousy. And he took me to actually a Q&A like panel about polyamory at someone's house who was on polymarried and dating on MTV. So here oh, I am. Okay. It's like mansion in Solana Beach with all of these people that have like been on TV and been practicing polyamory and writing books. And I'm like, ah! this is so overwhelming but it's me and it's everything i need so I, <laughs> I took a year to of celibacy and just autonomy and dating myself to find out what i wanted and then i wow. entered the journey with somebody who i thought like the first person i met was like hmm i think this person is also called to this and we went on the journey together and yeah through that fluctuation i've been practicing for Six, six years ish. Wow. That is really cool. I, I love the fact that you actually took that time, uh, that one year to, as you said, date yourself and really figure out what you wanted. I feel like that's definitely not something that a lot of people do. Well, one, a couple of things about your journey. Um, one is that you came into it single as opposed mm -hmm. to already being part of a couple too, that you took that time to, uh, to date yourself. Uh, Mayuri, were you part of a couple or did you come into the single as well? I came in. Yeah. I came into it because like my partner was polyamorous and um, yeah, like it was just, it was just him and I like seeing each other. Like I wasn't also dating his other partner. Um, so yeah. And, how was how was the jealousy early on for you? Did you did you experience a lot of the jealousy? I mean, you you said that you met the other partner and she was wonderful and everything was great, um, but when things start to open up, you get maybe new partners. Um, what was that journey of jealousy like for you, uh, Mayuri? I think like for me at first, I think I, I was, I was really jealous. I think that I felt really insecure and inadequate and very much like, oh my God, like, what does she have that I don't have, you know, and just had like all of these, all of these feelings about it. But I think, um, he really like 
you know, reassured me like, Hey, like, you know, each of my partners offers something different. Like you're really special to me and like these ways that are different. And, um, I don't know. I also think like all of us being queer, you know, like, I think, I think was like somehow also like reassuring to me, mm -hmm. like that it wasn't, you know, they, like they were trans and like their other partner was like non-binary. And it was like, I, I kind of felt like, oh, okay. Like we're all kind of like in the same pool together. Um, so yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it for me. In the beginning. I love it. That works. And yeah. Mayuri, you, you took, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Victory, you took the time to date yourself, do a lot of deep inner work. And I guess it sounds like you really developed a lot of, of autonomy. Uh, do you consider yourself solo poly? And if so, what does that mean to you? Um, yeah, that's a good connection. I, I, I'm a relationship anarchist more so than anything. So mm -hmm. if I see a dynamic come up in a relationship, I like to dive in and try to break it. Um, sometimes I don't realize that's what I'm doing. Yay, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess for a long time I did, I did see myself. Well, when I first started, I was with a primary partner who was cis hetero man and we were trying to date other femmes and like have unicorns come in and that mm -hmm. didn't work for four years <laughs> and um i wonder so, why <laughs> yeah so then i kind of like stepped back from that and entered more mm. queer relationships and i feel like those mm. those heart bonds like were a lot healthier and so then i felt like i was practicing more solo polyamory um now the way i kind of see it is like I'm a Libra, a little self-centered, but I see it as like, I'm in the middle of like a web of like a support community. And like all, a lot of my partners are interconnected and have their own relationships that are non-sexual and non-romantic. And it just feels um, like, I wouldn't call myself solo poly now. Like I would call myself like living with my like chosen family. <laughs> nice, nice chosen family. That's, it's, Family has started to mean uh, a lot more to me in uh, just in the past couple of weeks. Uh, lost somebody really, really close to me um, uh, just just a few weeks ago, uh, about a month ago, actually. Shoot, exactly a month ago today, now that I think about it. Um, and through the mourning process, you know, families come together and you start to see what what really matters um and it's 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 a funny juxtaposition i guess because i have uh my my nesting partner and that was her family you know and and i've been a part of that family for a very very long time so that's not necessarily like my chosen family i'm kind of just just that that's part of my family uh but my other partner she's from the east coast and here in san diego um, and so for her chosen family is a much different kind of bond. It's, it's, or it's, it's as valuable or as, as, as treasured a bond as the family that I have, that I basically have, have almost grown up with, but for her it's chosen. So like to see these, these kinds of bonds developing and to hear you say, you know, I have this chosen family now that I live with, I have a a deeper understanding for it, I think now. So um, 
really, really moving, really, really cool. Um, Mayuri, I want to ask you a little bit about your practice, uh, Reiki, clairvoyant, uh, psychic, all of these things that you do. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and are you gearing it towards the polyamorous community or, or how does it, how does what you do, uh, really benefit or really work towards the polyamorous community? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've been working as a psychic for about the past, like four or five years and as a Reiki practitioner and, um, yeah, I have my own practice. I have my own business. So I work, I work out of a local shop in Oceanside, Kindred Journeys, um, nice. okay. days a week. And then, and then I have my own side practice, um, where I see clients privately outside of the shop. And, um, I would say that, I would say that I, um, I'm very like open to seeing polyamorous clients and I, and I do just kind of like happen to, to fall into that a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Cause I think like, just like energies attract each other. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think, I think it's really helpful to have a psychic who's polyamorous. If you yourself are polyamorous, cause I, cause I'm not thinking in like a monogamous relationship structure and Mm -hmm. so like the way that I think about like relationships or cheating or heartache or you know all of the things that we face in love relationships I feel like are a lot more open and um you know like even though like I'm channeling from people's ancestors and guides like the constructs of my life can still like make me biased to the way that right right so I think like having a psychic who um, is polyamorous of you yourself or polyamorous, I think it really helps because like, I understand where you're coming from and mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really open to doing like couples readings with like, you know, multiple partners um, at the same time or separately one-on-one. And I just, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to see a polyamorous psychic if you're having relationship troubles. I love it. I love it. I wanted to ask also about like the the energies that you feel from from these different people. Like can you tell can you tell the difference in energies between someone who's polyamorous versus somebody who is monogamous? Like is there a difference in in the, like their love energies? Is there a difference in uh <laughs> the connections that you that you feel like the 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 messages that you receive, like, can you tell me a little bit about how, how, what that experience is? Oh yeah. Like I almost immediately know if someone's polyamorous when I'm doing a reading, um, the moment we start talking about love, because I can feel like multiple energies coming in at the same time. And I'm like, Oh, like there's multiple energies. Like, are you, are you seeing multiple people? Are you dating multiple people? Are you polyamorous? And they're like, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am, you know? And it's like, I can just feel the openness and I can feel the way that, um, the way that their heart is and the way that their love is, is like, it feels very expansive and Mm. it feels like it's going in multiple directions. And, you know, again, like, like, likes he's like right so like i i also recognize that energy because it's how i live my life you know and so um yeah I, I think polyamorous people like feel very different energetically and i think that like the way that we the way that we love it it feels it feels like almost more expansive and not that monogamous 
people in relationships can also feel expansive, but I think it's a, it's a very special type of expansiveness. I, I like visualize, I imagine like strings almost of energy or streams of energy. And like, when we're talking about monogamous people, it'd be like one stream or one string of, of love energy uh, unless yeah. they're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. And then there's like another one over here, well, but like with polyam folks, I just, I, I'm sure <laughs> with polyam folks, I imagine the, the web that you were talking about where it's just like, you're the center and there's all of these strings going out. Is yeah. that, is that kind of what it's like? Yeah, it is. And I also think like polyamorous people are very open Mm -hmm. in my experience and like they're just more like they feel very like open to receiving and so mm -hmm. like a lot of times their heart chakras are like much more open because I feel like we we see love in all the different forms and we appreciate love on all the different levels you know like we appreciate our chosen family we appreciate like platonic partners non-romantic partners you know like our sexual partners, like our, you know, people we're living with, like, you know, all of these things, like we value relationships in general, like yeah. in a, we highly like value relationships. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. We, we completely do. And victory, I don't want to leave you back there just chilling, you know, um, I wanted to ask you since we're talking about all of these different relationships and all of these, these values that we have, you know, one of the things that we talked about was how we've been able to maintain the closeness, how we've been able to maintain. It's been a struggle the past 12 months. Uh, in, in two days, March 13th of 2020 is what I call like the start of the pandemic. Cause that was when they told everybody we're shutting down. Schools are closed. Everything's closed. I remember for like, the first month after that, I was living in downtown San Diego uh, at the time and walking around downtown, no cars, no nothing. Remember seeing pictures of empty streets in New York, like craziness, craziness. And now it's been 12 months. Uh, things have changed a lot, but you know, we, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, mental health uh, issues, like the mental health industry has gone up a lot like the the people that i've been talking to that are mental mm -hmm. health professionals they're like dude we're we're busy like we're crazy busy all the time like i can't listen to podcasts like what are you talking about I, i'm way too busy listening to my clients you know so what has it been like for the two of you uh over the past 12 months and i'm going to start with victory because uh because she's been kind of back there for for a little bit um and tell me about what, what the experience has been, some of the challenges that you've had, and some of the ways that you've overcome those challenges. Awesome. Thanks. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just stretched out back here. I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we're good. Um, we're good. <clears throat> yeah. Quarantine, um, that March 13th, I called the Great Toilet, Point, toilet Paper Wars, where everybody was fighting over cleaning <laughs> supplies. Yes. Uh, that was a dramatic shift for a lot of a lot of poly people like getting to our social connections like you were saying are so important to us and our relationships are so important to us 
um, especially being in the ecstatic dance community. Like I would mm-hmm. dance in sweaty rooms with people for five hours a week. Like that's how I, that was my therapy. You know, that was my mental health. And a lot of my relationships were in, on the dance floor. Some people, I didn't have relationships with them outside of the dance floor. But when we were on the dance floor, people were like, are you guys lovers? Like what's going on? <laughs> it's just a very special type of connection. And so when quarantine hit, um, yeah, I think that dramatically shifted for a lot of people and a lot of social ties were cut or lost yeah, over, for sure. over various things in the political climate and whether mm. it's COVID or the effects of racism in America, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, or even just over the presidential elections, like a lot of relationships were lost. And sure. I think that at least in my experience, my, my, my pod my relationships that are really close to me, like really strengthened in a way that was like, we have to really prioritize each other's feelings and how we feel about something needs to be honored rather than before it was a little bit easier, I think, to take things more lightly. You know, now it's a lot heavier and a lot like, like you said, mental health is- Why do you think that is? I think that like, with social media being so pervasive through our society and all these opinions and misinformation, you, we're starting to see parts of each other that we kept on the down low. You know, we're mm-hmm. like, oh snap, like who knew half my family was racist? Or like, who knew that all my friends like do or don't believe in science and all these things. And mm-hmm. people are so strong in their opinions right now. Yeah, which I think in some ways is really cool and good, mm. especially for femmes and the Me Too movement and like speaking up against things that are unjust, but also mm-hmm. like our steadfastness to our opinions is like creating a lot of breakage and social conne- yeah. connections. And so I feel like personally, like all mm. of my romantic relationships have gotten like so much closer and like also polypods have had to kind of like condense in a way, mm-hmm. like squeeze together and like we all see each other and also like taking COVID seriously. It's mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. like taking STD seriously. You know, it, is. it was a very, it was a time for a lot of people to learn new communication skills and respect for other people's boundaries that wasn't enforced mm. as much before. Now it's a health concern. Well, a greater health concern. Yeah. All of that. I, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. You're speaking my language. I love it. It's, it's so true. It's so true. It's been, uh, definitely a challenge, um, for, for myself, uh, the partner that I don't live with, you know, it, it tends to go at least two weeks, uh, between seeing each other for that very reason. You know, I have, uh, the partner that I do live with and, you know, I might go see the family and might go do all these things and be, uh, having exposures and then we want to keep the pod safe. So we're like, all right, well quarantine for like 10 days or 14 days or whatever. And then we'll go, we can hang out again and and do stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. luckily she's local and we are both active. So we like can go hiking and, and running and doing things like that together. Um, but anything more intimate than that, it, it just has to wait. Were you, um, either of you, were you dating partners, outside of your home and how did those relationships shift and change um yeah i mean my um my partners like i don't live with any partners it's just me and my 17 year old son Mm -hmm. so um 
my partner that I've been with like um, three and a half years, she has um, really like just been isolating and has really had to take the pandemic very seriously because she has really bad asthma. Mm -hmm. So our relationship, we've, we've actually only seen each other twice in the past year and we haven't touched at all in a year and um it's been devastating like yeah you know it's been really devastating and um yeah it's it's like you know it's it's it is what it is right um we've just spent very much like our relationship has very much existed on marco polo and text message which has been really tough i Um, imagine so yeah yeah um no outside activities, masks on, social distanced. So yeah, the two times that we've we've been together have been like masks on and social distancing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I think like, you know, people have been really impacted in terms of their mental health too. You know, like mm-hmm. in terms of like the fear being really great. Um, and this is this is just a curious yeah. question since we're we're kind of on this topic. When you both get the vaccine and we're kind of back on track, you know, the world starts spinning again, as I as I keep saying, um, what do you imagine the relationship is going to be like? Like, wh- how has it changed from what it was a year ago? Because you said you were dating for three and a half years or you've been dating for three. Yeah. So you were at two and a half before yeah. the pandemic mm-hmm. and now we're at three and a half. So do you do you like kind of go back to what it was do you pick up where you left off two and a half years ago or is it all new is it going to change just kind of your thoughts on that yeah I mean I think I think our relationship is like never really going to be quite the same you know because I think I think that um I think that being apart from each other has like I think almost opened us up to like a deeper level of like vulnerability and like mm-hmm. the, like a, almost like more of like a seriousness in our relationship like mm. pre-pandemic our relationship was very like going for ice cream and going to the zoo and like doing really cute dates and just like like very cute and light mm-hmm. and because of the pandemic I feel like we've dived a lot deeper into like mental health and like our struggles and trauma and I think I think that's a beautiful thing and I think that our relationship is probably going to be a lot deeper after this. Yeah, I I can totally relate to that. Um, my my girlfriend and I said I love you during the pandemic after our first like. Well, I said it after the first like six weeks of whatever of not being able to see her. When I finally got a chance, I was like, you know what? I don't care. You take your time to say it whenever you want to, but I freaking love you, and that's and that's that. Um, because like being here with you right now, like this is everything. So it took her just just a couple of months later, I think. And, uh, you know, um, but but I totally agree with you that that it does change the relationship. And it's like there's so much more conversation. There's so much more depth. There's so much more um, connection that happens when we don't have that opportunity to to see each other as frequently. Um, I think for me personally, I wouldn't. I would have struggled to make that connection if we hadn't had at least, you know, three months or whatever it was before the pandemic, pandemic, four months 
before the pandemic that we like were able to connect and do all those things. And then like the pandemic hit and it's been a year of just connecting in a, in a different way. Um, and we've been able to see each other, you know, a little bit more often, uh, even if a lot of it is social distanced and outside. Um, Victory, I want to give you a chance as well. Uh, any partners that you had major changes with during the pandemic? Yeah, I, I felt really called to touch on the same question that Mayori answered of um, and what it, what it was like at the beginning, not, not living with partners or having partners outside the house. So I helped start a community living situation with a bunch of ecstatic dancers who I was also had non-sexual, non-romantic, but just intensely close bonds with. There was um, five of us and, or six of us at the end, seven of us at the end. And <laughs> almost everybody who lived there had polyamorous partners or was living a polyamorous lifestyle with one, at least one of their partners living with them in the home. And all my partners- So, so you had like 12, 14 people in the home? It was a lot of people. Wow. And yeah, it was four years of living with them. It was, it was amazing when it was amazing. And, but there was having that many people in one place, you know, things are bound to get dramatic and toxic and emotional, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially when COVID hit. So all of my roommates who had partners, they all lived in the house, so they didn't have to leave. So they wanted to completely shut down the whole house. No one's allowed to leave. No one's allowed to come in. And I was like, I, all of my partners are outside of the home. You know, one of my partners at the time was an essential worker and was seeing a lot of people. And eventually after, I think it was only a week of into the pandemic, maybe two weeks into the pandemic, I actually got, um, I don't even know how to say this non-spitefully, but I'll try. (laughs) I was, I had to leave the house because they wouldn't let me back in the house if I had gone and seen my partners. So it was kind of like a standoff. Yeah. Yeah a little bit of an, of an exile in a way. And mm-hmm. so I came and stayed with Mary for a night and luckily found a really good living situation after that. But I was so close with these people for four years. And then mm-hmm. when I needed to see my partners outside the house, I had to choose this community that I've invested my identity in and all of my energy in for four years or practicing polyamory and having my independence and me deciding what's okay and healthy for me to have in my life instead of mm-hmm. depending on what they what they thought would keep them safe. And so that was, that was world shattering for me. Humongo shift. And how has it been since that happened? I mean, that, that was at the start. So what has changed in the past, say 11 months or 10 months and where are you now? Um, yeah, a lot has changed. So I guess when I was living, it was called Meow's, um, Meow's Castle the house yeah. I was living in. We were all cats, all queer, polyamorous dancers and anarchists. And it was very codependent there. It was so codependent. You had to ask permission to do pretty much everything to make sure nobody was offended by it. And very PC. And leaving put me in a hole, honestly, because all of my codependent partners were suddenly gone. I had no support system in in my mind. I had no support system. My identity was gone. We couldn't dance anymore. I was hosting the ecstatic dance every week with them. So it was, it was a really big shift for me. And I think since then I've had to 
do a lot of shadow work and a lot of independency work and learn how to not be dependent on my relationships or my roommates to hold space for me and rather like see it as a gift when it does happen. Um, which was a hard lesson. It's still a hard lesson, but it, it was a change for the better. I probably wouldn't have left the community otherwise. Well, both very inspiring stories. Um, I'm I'm blown away at the the growth and the way that things have changed, the way that you've uh, both dealt with with the pandemic and 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 where it's where it's brought you. Um, I hope that it's it sounds like it's to a better place and uh, looking looking forward and looking ahead to uh, bigger, better, greater things. Um, yeah, I, you know, I guess I'll I'll uh, we're we're getting to the end here um, and. I just want to clarify, are you saying ecstatic dancer or exotic dancer? Ecstatic, like happy. Ecstatic. ecstatic. Yes. Okay. Look it up. It's international. All right. I'm I'm going to look it up uh instead of asking you about it because I was like what what yeah, I gotta look that up. I'll definitely look it up and, and get some education on it. She's throwing an ecstatic dance. This Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. At in Escondido outdoors, if you wanna come. Drop that info. Tell me about it. Uh, it's the the links on Facebook and Instagram are under Tuesday Dance Jam. It's not on Tuesdays anymore, but I'm rebranding right now. Um, <laughs> it's going to be our first ones, our our first one in a few months. Um, during the pandemic, we went onto Zoom, and it was not satisfactory. And then we tried in person, um, but the police didn't like the amplified sound. So we're moving into a silent disco headset format, and it's going to be revolutionary. But this Sunday is just kind of like a brainstorm, think tank, and like dance. Um, at Ecstatic Dance, it's not structured. It's not formal. It's like whatever you're feeling inside, show me with your body. We're, we're mm. kind of guided to communicate what's going on for us through the music with our bodies. And it's a giant smorgasbord. It's really great. Um, so, yeah, it's on Tuesday Dance Jam on Facebook and Instagram. And we're having one this Sunday in Escondido at 3 o'clock. Perfect. Perfect. And Mayori, uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah. So um, I'm not on social media, but my website is jenniferlee.info. I haven't like rebranded with my new name, Mayori. Um, so you can go there, sign up for my newsletter. Um, my email is femoracle at gmail.com. If you want to hit me up for um, psychic reading or Reiki, I do sliding scale work. I do to pay what you can readings a month for um, low income folks. So yeah, hit me up. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both again so much for coming on and hanging out with me today. Uh, it's been so much fun. I feel like I've really connected with you, connected with myself a little bit. Uh, it's been Yay. such a such a great time. And uh, thank you both. <laughs> yep. Lots of hearts, lots of hearts. I love it. I love it. <laughs> You're both awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thanks. <laughs> You're gonna make me blush. <laughs> Is this recorded to be put on your Instagram and YouTube as well? So we can share it. YouTube, yes. Um, as far as Instagram goes, I I need to like chop up clips and do all that stuff to make it, you know 
it doesn't go live to Instagram. It goes live to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. So anybody who's listening, if you want to follow me on social, it's right down here at practicing poly a, all of those different, um, all of those different things that I just mentioned with the accession of YouTube, I still don't have my custom URL. So if I can get 17 more people to subscribe, I can get, I can get (laughs) my custom URL. You can go to youtube.com slash practicing poly a, uh, it's going to be great. Thank you again, both so much. Uh, and one final reminder to the live audience. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is commercial free when we're live uh, but for the podcast downloads eh, there's maybe a commercial in there if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions be sure to catch us live monday through wednesday at 2 30 p.m and then every once in a while i'm throwing in some extra ones here and there like today um otherwise you can go to patreon.com slash practicing polyay and you can get access to our commercial free rss feed uh, and also some patreon only content that i'm going to start coming up coming up with because hey why not thank you so much for supporting me um that's it that's all i've got thank you both again one more time if i haven't thanked you enough it's been an absolute pleasure thanks so much james you're amazing All right, everybody, don't forget to, as always, have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash